our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. There are some names that, when said, can strike fear or send a physical response through a person. On February 13, 1948, a man was born. A man who, if you say his name in New Brunswick, Canada, can still chill a person to the bone. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Alan Joseph Legere was born on February 13, 1948, in Chatham, New Brunswick. It wasn't long before his name became synonymous with terror. On June 21, 1986, Alan and two accomplices broke into the shop owned by an elderly couple, John and Mary Glendening. They first cut the power and then entered the store where they beat both John and Mary before fleeing the scene. However, Mary was still alive, barely. She was able to crawl up the stairs and call 911. Emergency services arrived and Mary was saved. She was also able to give enough information that all three men were arrested for the crime. Alan Legier was convicted and sent to the Atlantic Institution Maximum Security Prison. Now... While this murder was brutal, this isn't the end of Alan's story. He would go on to do much worse in order to earn the name The Monster of Miramichi. On May 3, 1989, Alan Legere was transported from the penitentiary to a local hospital for the treatment of an ear infection. He convinced a corrections officer to allow him to use the restroom alone. Inside, he picked the lock of his handcuffs with a handmade key he had hidden in a cigar used a piece of a TV antenna he concealed on his body as a weapon, and fled the building. Through car theft and carjacking, Alan Legere was able to flee the police, thus starting a seven-month period where an entire province lived in fear because a murderer was at large. Shortly after he escaped prison, on May 29, 1989, he beat to death a Chatham shopkeeper named Annie Flam, after which he beat and raped her sister, Nina Flam. Next came sisters Donna and Linda Doherty, who were sexually assaulted and beaten to death in their home before it was set on fire on October 13, 1989. Then came Roman Catholic priest James Smith, who was found beaten to death in the rectory of his church on November 24, 1989. While all of this was happening, Royal Canadian Mounted Police launched the largest manhunt in the province's history. For seven months, Alan was able to evade their capture. That was, 
until November 24, 1989, when a failed carjacking landed Alan Legere back in custody. In 1990, he was brought to trial and charged for the crimes he committed while on the run. He was sentenced to an additional nine years for his escape and later life imprisonment for the murder charges. The case against Alan Legere was a first in criminal history. This marked the first time in Canadian courts that DNA profiling was used to convict rather than exonerate a prisoner because the murders he committed had no witnesses. The conviction relied heavily on the DNA that placed him at the scene. Because of this DNA, Alan Legere will spend the rest of his life in a maximum security prison. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 14th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.